seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. This is our 99th episode, so I'm really stoked to get to 100 here, hopefully sooner than later. And before we dive into this episode, I wanted to share some hilarious as well as just awesome reviews from some monkeys for Isocore X. So first shout out to monkey Byron H. He titles this with the monkey biz. Took my whole monkey kit and Isocore X to Cabo with me. Hooked up to a palm tree emoji and got after it on the daily. And this is like the quintessential vision we've always had for how you use monkey gear. You know, of course, it's meant to be used at home for traveling outside, but man, my favorite, of course, my favorite way to train with monkey gear is outside, especially somewhere wild and or beautiful. So I guess depending on where you are in Cabo and what you're doing, you could definitely find some wildness, but man, it's uh, there's nothing like just those cosmic rays coming down, getting after it with an epic view. So sounds like a wild time for monkey Byron. Then our next review is from Monkey Alex S. Again, this is for Isocore X. He titles this Witchcraft of the Good Kind. It says dozens of challenging moves packed into one minimalist, super portable device. It's got to be witchcraft. There is no other explanation. <laughs> Oh man, monkeys, I love you guys. I got to give a shout out to the wild man, monkey Ken Brock. The meme game has been on point recently. I'll be, uh, you know, I've been trying to be a little bit more tactical about social media as far as like just kind of distracting the workday as things are getting a little bit more intense here, but I'll go on and get get this suite of memes from Monkey Ken at Brock Blades. And man, some of them just crack me the hell up. I mean, I'm just sitting alone here in my little monkey lair, just sometimes tearing up from laughter. So well played, sir. All right, moving on. I wanted to share, I've been, this is a monkey book club section now. So I started a book. It is titled Crazy Horse and Custer, The Parallel Lives of Two American Warriors. And this is by Stephen Ambrose, who is the author of Undaunted Courage, which is about the Lewis and Clark expedition, which I would highly recommend and I need to read again myself. And he's also the author of Band of Brothers and a ton of other kind of his, basically historical books. But man, this Crazy Horse and Custer book is just so awesome. And he does a really good job of not only kind of talking specifically to both Crazy Horse and Custer's just personal lives, their personal history and all that, kind of how it all, it all cry, it all kind of culminates at the battle of Little Bighorn. But what he also does a really remarkable job of is just comparing and contrasting the Sioux life of the 1800s versus the American life of the 1800s. And it's probably one of the best descriptions I've read of both from this kind of high level perspective and also just the cultural influences, the psychological influences that affect both and kind of really help explain the way they lived. And 
and I, I think he writes this as he's agnostic as he never really says explicitly which one he believes is better, but you get the sense that he holds the Sioux way of life in really high esteem. And when you read the book, you can really see why, but you know, for me taking a step back now, it's like, if you could kind of take the boast, boat, what am I saying? If you could take the best of both worlds, you know, the best from the Sioux and the best from the American mindset. And I guess I would say the best from the Sioux culture and mindset and the best from the American culture and mindset. If you kind of take that and fuse them together, you could get something really special. So I'm really, I'm only about halfway through, but I've been taking a bunch of notes in the form of highlights. So I'll probably do another follow-up on that and just kind of synthesize some thoughts into maybe some action items that we can use as part of the monkey mindset. So again, I'd highly recommend you guys check it out. It's on Kindle. You could buy it on whatever, Amazon. I'm sure it's tons of places. So check it out. And reading that book and then also just reflecting on training and I guess life in general, but you know, in the for the Sioux, it w- life was very seasonal. They would go into their winter camp, then they would have their they would hunt differently during the winter using snowshoes, trying to drive game into deeper snow, where it was actually pretty easy to hunt that way, at least the way it's described in the book. And then, as the seasons changed, snow would melt, then they would go on these bigger buffalo hunts and things of that nature. But it just made me think about the seasonality of life, and I've I've mentioned this before on previous episodes, but for me, what it just reminded me of and made me want to record this episode is is it reminded me of back as a kid for sports, it was constantly a new season coming up. So whether it was baseball, basketball, track, soccer, hockey, what else? Swimming. I think I played, I think when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I played like seven different sports in a year which I think actually was super beneficial. You know, I didn't really specialize in anything until I guess maybe like my sophomore, junior year of high school, which was, I specialized, it was uh, ice hockey and lacrosse, which are actually really complimentary, but I've heard several different podcasts. I've read some articles about why, why specializing in general for athletics just typically doesn't lead to the best result. And there, there certainly are cases where it is super useful to specialize in a certain pursuit or activity or sport or whatever it is as a young age, if you want it to be the very best at that particular pursuit. But for the vast majority of people, you know, humans were generalists. We're really in the episode I did with Logan Schwartz a while back, he had this great quote. It was something of the, the effect of as a human, we can, outclimb a cheetah and outrun the chimpanzee or something of that nature. But again, essentially just as humans were these, we're like the best at being decent or above average at a lot of different things. And so I was thinking about just the last year, my, my training has kind of become a little bit more of a monocrop in the sense of I've been doing this. I've been doing a ton of running, ton of lifting, ton of calisthenics, a ton of monkeying, but I just haven't been doing the variety of other activities that I was doing for basically before I had kids, to be honest. But 
I kind of want to get back into more of this season. I was in this awesome season. It was the seasonality of training, which was the result of the goals I had for the year. So it was typically doing like a big run or a big climb in the spring. And then in the summer, I was doing a lot more like backpacking and climbing. So less running, but still hiking and then doing more climbing and then in the winter, fall, it was like, before I really got into bow hunting, it was basically backcountry snowboarding, slipboarding, which was, if anyone's ever, if you're a snowboarder and you want to get out into like the wildest country you can imagine, splitboarding is the shit. You got to check it out. A lot of places you can rent boards now, so I'd highly recommend it. But I was in this pretty cool seasonality where, you know, you would train for three, four months leading up to something, go into that. And then you'd still have this great fitness space. It was pretty easy to just kind of shift focus a little bit towards the next activity, get a little bit specialized in that feel awesome. Right about the time you're starting to be ready to move on. The seasons change, the weather changes, and then you're doing something different. And I just wonder, you know, especially in the Northern hemisphere, where we have, you know, pretty, we have four seasons where your activity changes and the days are shorter, it's colder, there's snow, ice, whatever. It seems to make a lot of sense to me evolutionarily where you're not necessarily doing the same thing all year round. You know, I'd say the devil's advocate for that is what about equatorial regions? You know, it's basically the same weather 365, 24-7. So maybe if you have more equatorial uh, ancestry, maybe your activity seasonality, even I would say for sure your nutrition is going to be much different from someone that has ancestry from a you know higher latitude or I guess farther south latitude, but gen- in general, higher latitude and you're going to, again, your experiences, you're experiencing four seasons throughout the year, your activity and sleep and diet are going to vary quite a lot due to that seasonality. So again, for me, it's always been kind of activity based. So I'm training for example, climbing, I'm doing less running. If I'm training for a run. I'm doing less climbing. If I'm, if I'm out split boarding, I'm doing less of both. And again, your body is still going to maintain its fitness. It's just, you're kind of shifting the focus a little bit. So, and if you don't, you don't even necessarily have to have these specific goals on the calendar, although I do think they help, but I just think it's maybe worth considering having some real seasonality to your training throughout the year. So that could mean doing, that could be like doing a 360 program for a while and then doing a pocket program and then maybe doing like barefoot program, something like that. It could be focusing more on like pure strength, maybe in the winter. And then as spring rolls around, start to combine some strength and conditioning. And then maybe during summer, you know, you really focus mainly on just endurance and can, excuse me, endurance and conditioning. And then you're doing a little bit of strength, just maintenance, but really the focus is on conditioning and endurance. And then I think just how you're training, you know, using different apparatuses, different modalities, things like that. It's just, 
it's, it really is important, I think, to mix it up. So something to consider. I was listening to Matt Fraser, who he's, I think he, he's won the CrossFit Games like, I want to say, five years in a row. I listened to him on Rogan a while back. But he said something that struck me was he takes like a month off after the games to just kind of let his body recover and heal. And I remember hearing that way back. I think I was in eighth grade. I was going to this hockey camp up in Canada. It was kind of a, I mean, it wasn't super prestigious or anything. It was like, you kind of got invited to it. Anyways, pretty high level players. And they gave you this like super thick training packet leading up to the camp, which I did. (laughs) Definitely tried to do some of it, but man, I just didn't have the same, uh, drive as I do now. Anyhow, I remember it said specifically like after your ice hockey season ended, take at least two weeks off, just let your legs heal everything, just kind of recover and then start this training program. And that always struck me. And over the years I've, I've given that advice a lot more than I've followed it, but you know, I think you can really be strategic about it as well. You know, it makes sense. I, I think there's there's reasons why we have these big feasts and holidays essentially around the winter solstice. The days are the shortest. So it makes a lot more sense to kind of just take it a little bit easier, eat a little bit more, just kind of slow down. It's like, like this pseudo hibernation. And again, don't, I'm not saying like, let yourself go totally off the deep end, but you can kind of like take it easy during that time. And then again, as spring rolls around, you can start to kind of ramp up. The days get longer. You're more and more psyched to get outside. You have more energy because the sun's out for longer. And then during summer, you just got to go to the death every day. (laughs) Oh man. I'm like, it's, it's, you, uh, you don't realize what you had until it's gone, but I'm just so excited for summer. It's like every year I'm more and more excited for summer. And again, I think it's partly due to just having less time, but man, when it's nice out, you just gotta go to the max as much as you can. And I, I would say that with the caveat of do that outside in the wild, get psyched on something and just enjoy it. There's so many benefits to being outside. It's I'm recording this and I I have like a little office space. It's like a mile and a quarter from my house. You know, it's like a classic office building with several different little companies, but man, I just, if I spend too much time here, I just don't feel good. Same thing with being inside, you know, it's, uh, I just don't feel right. So even if it's just going in your backyard or down to the park, take advantage of it is basically what I'm trying to say. So monkeys, I appreciate you guys as always. I'd like to, if anyone has read the crazy horse and Custer book, please let me know. We'll keep the monkey book club rolling here. Would be interested to hear you guys' thoughts as well on kind of this seasonal approach to training and how you might have done that yourself. Shout out to my wild friend, John Gertz. We've talked about this for years, but he's like hardcore cross-country skiing in the winter and then 
basically transitions in the spring to ultra running. And he always comments how like cross country skiing, it keeps his cardio in awesome condition, but his legs, it's just so they're so different. His legs always go through this transition period, but I think that's a good thing. You just, you can't be at your peak all year round. You got, it's got, you have to undulate. That's, uh, that's something they don't tell you. So anyhow, hope you guys are getting into something wild this weekend. Keep the conversation going. Monkey on.